from a galaxy far, far away. There was four men who created a podcast. Why? Who the hell knows? But it was called the Four Guys Roundtable Show. And one of them is from the dark side. And one of them is going through training currently. But before we get to that, we have our hosts that are always with us. Coach Jeremy and AJ Nitro. Hello, gentlemen. But now, I have some unfinished business with someone on this podcast. I have finished my Jedi training. Oh, my gosh. And I now challenge Darth Path to the fate of duels. Do you accept my challenge, Darth Path? Welcome, young Skywalker. I look forward to completing your training. Oh, you will oh learn to call me Master. Okay, hi. How's everybody doing today? We're going to have a great show. And, um, you know, i got to say... I'm a little threatened by that there lightsaber, so I think you're going to have to put that away. Well, earlier today, I almost cut my hand off, so it was a little, it was a little tragic in my, my lightsaber training. So, uh, oh, my uh, Lord. You to be careful with them, their lightsabers. Yeah, I, I know, but it just kind of, I was during a twirly thing of my bobber, and it just kind of oh. slipped and almost like slipped my wrist off, and I would have been like, you know, had to get a robotic one, and you know, I have one of those three knee machines, but I don't know if it would have looked right, so I would have had to put a glove on it and stuff. But <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I hate to say this, but you know, them robotic hands—they they ain't quite as reliable as you would think they were. If you ever looked at them, they they they, they seem to deteriorate over time. Like you know, you might get one that's got like the full like skin on it at some point, but then like about thirty years later, you look and it's like, oh, it's just all back to being a robot hand. And you know, that's <laughs> that's just not attractive. That's just not going to get the ladies to you know pay attention to you. That's why I got to wear the, the glove. You know, other people made the glove famous, so I think I can make the glove famous. Would that be a love glove? <laughs> Well, it all depends how you be looking at it. So long as you can get away with, you know, rocking that glove, because I got to be honest with you here, and I, I think our other two co-hosts will back me up on this. Just not everybody can make the single glove look work. I think I can do it. So if you guys haven't guessed, today's episode is going to be about Star Wars, <laughs> specifically the Star Wars prequels. Oh, my Lord. Very disturbing. I will now turn the light on. <laughs> I was not sure what we were talking about because <laughs> we suddenly went full blown like uh, West Virginia there. hillbilly. <laughs> well, I guess what you could basically say is that uh, you know, Theo and I are uh, we're uh, we're using this podcast as a dry run for our two band variety show, uh, which has not yet come up with a clever enough name. And it's too late in the day as we're recording this for me to come up with one off the top of my head. So I won't even try. At least they didn't start talking about incest or anything. <laughs> to be determined. Yeah, I think if we would have let it go another five minutes, we might have got there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have went somewhere, but who knows? 
That's oh, not man. my personal favorite topic. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just I taking see. my sweatshirt off, people. I have a shirt on underneath. Don't worry. Damn. <laughs> just a sec. I got to do that better. I got to do it the Ron, Ron Simmons way. Just a second. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very good. That was very good. Are you having some trouble there? I feel like yeah, Joe's yeah. like <laughs> Nia Jax, like Nia Jax with the referee the other night. <laughs> I, I, I of course always preferred the Ron Simmons damn the way that Charlie Haas did it. Oh yeah, Wait, and how was that? Well, if I recall, it was damn, damn, diggity, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Oh man! So that oh, was right. an interesting open now. door. Oh, Joe, Joe got Theo's got a Star Wars shirt on too. Yay! All right. You know what? I couldn't find my other Star Wars shirt. Sorry. I was very disappointed in myself. I have two of them, and I have no idea where my second one went. I only have the one that I wore for our last uh, Star Wars podcast, so I didn't want to reuse the same shirt. Though I'm sure it would have been fine. I just didn't want to do that. So, but I do like uh, Joe's uh, their lightsaber. And the fact that it's green, and, and you can tell it's green when it's dark, kind of look blue there, but that's that's kind of cool. So I want to, as we always do before we actually get into our podcast, we like to share a nice story. So I'm going to kick us off with a nice story. And Darth Pat, do you have a story you'd like to share? I do, but you go first. Okay. So we're going to go back uh, to when AJ lived in Pennsylvania. Oh, fuck. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're going, we're going way back, and to a time when we decided to do a scavenger hunt. Oh, and we're uh, gonna tell that story. Yes, and Darth Pat, I don't think you joined us for the scavenger he did, hunt. He did not participate. I think you joined yeah. us back at the house later, but you didn't it, go on the scavenger hunt. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It sounds familiar, but only from the. From a hey, you didn't do this with us aspect. So the dare, <laughs> the dare game. That's what it was called, the dare game. Yeah, I didn't. So appreciate. we did uh, quite a few years ago. I mean, you're talking when AJ was still living in Pennsylvania, so that was what almost ten years ago now. So we did that, that. We did that in like 2008 or 2009. Okay, so about 11 years ago, somewhere in there, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. So we were quite a bit younger, so I was right <laughs> around 30, so yeah, that's that's quite a few years ago. Um, but AJ came up with this nice little, I like to call it a scavenger hunt, he called it the Dare game. Uh, it, was from one, it was from One Tree Hill, it was from a TV yeah. show, I had seen it on there. So... We were, every team was given a list. We broke into teams of about, what was it, three or four people, something like that. Everybody was given a list. Uh, it was the same list, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me. It was me, you, and Theo, and then Adam and Brett were on the other team. Sean was supposed to be on their team, but he got sick. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So we had quite a few things to do in order to complete our task. And whoever came up with the, the highest score of doing the task was the winning team. And uh, yeah, we could have gotten quite a bit of trouble for that because of the dumb shit <laughs> that we were doing that day. Um, but I must say it was really, really fun. So just to give you guys an idea, one of the things that we had to do was stand a uh, steal a standee, from the local movie theater. <laughs> Sorry, Regal and 248, but we got your standees. <laughs> so 
we go into the Regal on 248 in Pennsylvania, and uh, we're just kind of hanging out. We all got our hoodies on so nobody can see our faces, you know. <laughs> it was fucking obvious. Was yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't obvious that we were not there to see a movie, but, but that was when you used to go inside and get your movie tickets. We were overstaying had- our welcome in the lobby. Yes. And uh, all of a sudden, we grabbed the, what the stand, what was the standee, do you remember? Blood Rain. The Blood movie Rain. Blood Rain. Yes. So it was Blood It was right Rain. by the door. And I suddenly said, move, run, 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 run. And I grabbed the standee, and we all booked it. <laughs> out the, out the and- doors and saw as we're running one of the ushers or whomever it was start to try and chase us. But even though we were much older than him, we were still faster than him. And our good friend, Theo's wife was our getaway driver. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as we got Uh, done hiding, we knew it was safe to come out. We jumped in the car and then ran off to our next thing. And our good friend, Theo, we were getting a little frustrated. It was getting late in the night and uh, we needed to grab a, a uh, banner. Yes, a that banner. was what I was looking for. A banner. And so Theo, we stopped outside this like new apartment complex. Place. Yeah. Jesus, would you let him finish his sentence? God. <laughs> so it was an apartment complex. I thought it was a new model's homes, but anyways, that's my memory not serving me well. And he just says, Fuck it. Pull over. <laughs> he jumps I out, cut. cuts this fucking banner down, <laughs> and throws it in the car. And those banners are not cheap. That's probably like a $300 banner. (laughs) Stole it right off the thing. But the creme de la creme feat that we did that day, and I wish I could really say I did this, but I have to fess up and say I really didn't do it. I did pull my pants down to do the act because my ass is in the picture. But we snuck onto a golf course after hours, and it was a private golf course. It wasn't like a uh, you know public golf course. It was a private golf course. And got onto one of the holes because one of the dares was to take a dump in the hole at a uh, at the golf course. Needless to say, I cannot shit on command, and I don't think that would have been a good idea because we didn't bring any toilet paper, so I would have had shit in my underwear too. Uh, so I'm kind of glad I couldn't shit on command. And uh, <laughs> no, we that picture so technically even though we say we won we didn't really win but that's okay it was for the fun of it and you know like i said i really did take down my pants but just to kind of tell you how dumb and crazy we are and you know we did do that dare stuff and could have got ourselves in a lot of trouble but it was a lot of fun and it's one of those memories that i will always have for the rest of my life driving around in a car and trying to make sure we didn't get in trouble and you know have a lot of fun you know i also remember when me and theo we had to go you had to go into a restaurant and you had to take everything off the table that was there when you sat down. So we went into the Red Robin, and when we were leaving, the the seasoning fell out of Joe's pants or his pocket, and he's like, shit! <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> I didn't take that. I don't know how that got there. Well, up and that <laughs> the thing I remember about the movie theater is when we ran by, a bunch of people were, like, walking in, and they were like, oh, shit! <laughs> Yes. It was funny. That guy was chasing us, and I still outran him, and I had a torn ACL, MCL, and a meniscus with my knee brace on, and I still outran that young kid. That's right. I remember. You were fucked up. That's right. When, yes. When we, got the, when we got the movie standee, we won. It didn't matter what the rest – like, that was worth, like, five times as many points as anything else on there. The movie standee was the biggest point-getter you could get on there. 
I do remember the and one the thing gnome. that we got the gnome did, too, right? No, we did. We didn't get gnomes. That was the one thing that Adam and Brett got that we didn't. Is they got actual yes. lawn gnomes. <laughs> what did we? What did we steal from that yard our, that was down re- the road from you, the golf course? It was like a, 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 a bird bath. It was like an oh, angel-shaped yeah, bird yes. bath. <laughs> yes, I, I, I scratched the glove compartment of my car when I fucking. <laughs> And I, that bad boy into the car. I had those I had those gnomes for years. Like I I had those gnomes for a long time that they they took. Mm-hmm. Didn't that bird bath end up in your backyard? I don't know. It was I, it was an angel shaped bird bath. I don't think it did. I just seem to remember no. a bird bath in the backyard of your your house. I feel like it. we might have actually went and put that one back. Yeah, I might I might be misremembering or getting stuff mixed up. I don't, I don't remember what happened to that bird bath. I think I don't know if you guys were with me, but I think that one I took back. It was actually more 2005, 2006 because I was like still married at that point, so it was definitely was it that time? Yeah, it was it yeah. was I it was before I the other stuff happened. So it yes. was probably 05, 06, I'm going to say. But I it just, was a good it was, it was a fun. good time. It was a, it was good a time. rush. Yeah, I mean, when we when we stole the standee, that was probably the funniest <laughs> thing because I remember going back to that theater because that was like the main theater we went yeah, to. As yeah, a group. it was. <laughs> and being like, man, I hope the shit they don't have freaking security cameras in here because like, if they do, somebody's gonna get recognized out of our group. <laughs> this guy's banned from the movie theater. Forever. I mean, I I went to that movie theater all the time. That was fun times. That was fun. It was. I'm glad you brought that. That was. That was one night. We'll never do it again. No. <laughs> but it's a, it's a memory and it's a story that we can tell. Yes. Darth Pat, you had a story you would like to share with us also and our viewers. Yes, I do, because it's a little bit of an intersecting of various worlds of mine, if you will. Oh, okay. oh so, shit. He's getting deep on us. Apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, everybody's favorite 2020 wrestling heel uh maxwell jacob friedman apparently cut uh quite the promo he sure did well i don't know if any of you guys can do this right now but if you go to maxwell jacob friedman's twitter page Uh uh-oh i don't have twitter well it's not about having twitter you just have to go to his twitter page okay i don't even know if i know how to do that let me see here i'll get on twitter real quick maxwell friedman okay Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> MJF. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 top tweet on his Twitter page right now is him responding to a guy who was like asking him for some uh further like explanation on his <laughs> promo. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, yeah. From two hours uh, ago here? Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. Shall I read it? Yes. Well, first, first of all, read 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 the uh, the tweet that he quotes, and then read his response to it. Yeah. The tweet that he quotes. Okay. So from Ronald Funches. No, it's not that one. Okay. That's that was that it says is from ten hours ago. Okay. Because uh, you got to help me out. I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to read here. <laughs> So Jeff, oh, Jeff Bone? Jeff Bone? Jeff Bone, yes. 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 Okay, Bone. so you want me to read his? <laughs> Wonderful. Jeff yes. Bone. So you want Jeff me to read, read that first and then read the MJF reply? Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. 
So at the MGF, uh, can you give some explanation as to how Dictator John is responsible for flippy wrestling? That's the one part of your campaign message that made no sense to me. Okay. So let me go back to his reply. Okay. So this was his reply. It says flip, flop, fly, and or almost die. It's the car crash style that Dictator John loves. Unfortunately, since he's a world champion, people want to imitate him in the hopes it will help them succeed both in the ring and in winning over the uneducated fans. Educate yourself. <laughs> so, I happen, to, I happen to personally know Jeff Bone. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. He is, he is one of my, as I call it, Yankee blog. Oh, he is one of the group. He is one of the group of guys who I met a number of years ago through the now defunct Yankees blog, River Avenue Blues. And he is one of a group of about five or six other guys who finally convinced me to join the cesspool that is Facebook. Wow. <laughs> and that was so we could establish our own private group, which we still run to this day, which we call the Royal Order of Veteran Presence. Oh, Veteran Jesus Presence Christ. being a joke uh, because we spell it P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, as in like Christmas presents, oh. as in like, as opposed to presents, as like, you know, like, you know, oh, he's got presents about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's an it's, it's kind of an inside baseball joke from the past. Well, like I said, <laughs> that's why it's an in-joke. <laughs> but anyway... So he, like, oh, a little so. while ago, he posted in our group that MJF quote-tweeted him, and he was thought it was so cool, and he also thought the best part of it was was that MJF didn't really, like, just, like, insult the shit out of him. You know, he just said, educate yourself and everything. So I just thought that was pretty funny because, again, I don't use Twitter. I'm not getting into that cesspool. I'll, I'll limit my cesspool to Facebook. Um, but for him to be quote tweeted by and again again, like you guys know i'm not so much into wrestling right now i'm I'm pretty down on it mjf is one guy though that i would that i say is worth you know watching what he does right now because he is probably the best heel promo anywhere right now so he he's he's actually the best promo if i if if i could pick one guy to see on the mic every week it's mjf like no questions asked. So that's as much as I like Owens, I'd still take MJF. <laughs> and that's one of the things that kind of annoys me about AEW when I do tune in. It's like I do tune in and see episodes where he's not on it in any way, shape, or form. And I'm like, he's clearly one of the best upcoming guys mm-hmm. that they have. He should literally be on the show every week. But so I just yeah. thought that was a cool little story because, like I said, you know, something I could bring it to you. And it's a uh, like I said, it's one of my Yankees friends. So uh, yeah. He was quote tweeted by MJF on Twitter for the whole world to see. Awesome. <laughs> That's spectacular. Man. Yes, absolutely awesome. All right. So unless anybody else has got a story, I think it is time to jump into our main course, the Star Wars podcast. Uh-oh. All right. So as we always do, it is time to jump in our podcast. But before we do, a public service announcement, as we always like to do in the beginning. And that is we do want to thank all our fans on YouTube, Twitter, <laughs> Spotify. Why did I say Twitter? We don't have any fans on Twitter, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's 
So, Twitter, so... Let me get you started, account, Dark We don't think... We've never mentioned it before. <laughs> so we want to thank all our... Uh, all our fans on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher for tuning in. Wherever you're catching this, we really do appreciate it. Uh, if you are catching us on YouTube, please make sure you give us a like. Give us that big thumbs up. Um, you know, notif- set, on the, set the notifications up. Sign up and uh, subscribe to our channel. Also, if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, go ahead and make sure you're giving us a rating so anybody else who wants to hear this crazy-ass show like you're listening to now can catch it just like you are and get entertained. And always, 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 and I'm not forgetting it this time, make sure you tune in to the end <laughs> of the show to catch the Mount Rushmore, which is going to be based on today's theme. As always, it's going to be Star Wars this time, but you got to tune in to the end to find out what exactly about Star Wars is going to be. So... Today, on our Star Wars, where we are going to get our geek on, our total Star Wars geek on, we are going to be talking about the prequels, which include these guys right here. You know, the uh, the clone <laughs> troopers, as my Lego clone troopers, part of my Lego Star Wars guys. And we got some uh, yeah, little nerd. droids, little tiny droids are kind of hard to see. But we got a couple things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, one, our top three favorite or least favorite characters uh, the best or most impactful scene or scenes that uh, from those movies. Do we go Jedi or Sith? Our favorite lightsaber color. Major likes and dislikes from the prequels. And this week, our stumper question is brought to us by Darth Pat. So, who wants to so, kick it off? Starting so Darth, with our top three. Darth Pat, I think since the last time we did a Star Wars one, Jeremy tried to give us a terrible rendition of the Star Wars music. Do you think you could give us a better rendition? Oh, now by Star Wars music, are you referring to the main theme? Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what Jeremy botched the first time around, and you were like, "What is that supposed to be?" I thought it was very cool. I mean, like you know, I I don't really remember that. I mean, that's like asking me if I actually watch these podcasts once they're posted. Oh my god. Yes, fans, I'm he just, doesn't like to watch himself. Pat, he he he, okay. he seriously, folks out there, okay, and if you're only listening to this, not watching this, unfortunately this reference will be lost in you. But folks, let's be honest here. If this was your face, if you want to <laughs> Oh my gosh. To, come on. <laughs> seriously, Pat. Seriously. So give us a brief Star Wars theme music. Thank you. That was a tad bit better. <laughs> That's very nice there, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> I, oh, very nice, very nice. I couldn't listen to that shit anymore. The, Pat, you I, did you did we, better than Jeremy did. When we put this, when uh, I added did. this to our one podcast, it got uh, didn't get taken down, but it did get flagged for copyrights. <laughs> did it really? Yes, when it what? did. When I because uh, I added this music to our podcast at the very end of one to, and uh, needless to say, you got to be careful with copyrights. It didn't get taken down because we weren't using it in a you know, trying to make money fashion because we weren't monetizing anything. Because, like, we always say, we always do that. We're doing this for fun. We do this absolutely for fun. So it didn't get flagged as far as you got to take this down because you can't make money off of something you don't own. But it did get flagged for copyright saying, you don't own that music. (laughs) 
I thought you were. I thought you were allowed to do like five seconds. I thought you were allowed like certain like limits. There are, and I did, and I did the proper thing by you know the the privacy the the share thing with that kind of stuff. But Disney and and that is very very watching on anybody who's catched using their stuff. But so it was kind of funny to see that on our thing. So but let's get into our podcast. And let's start off with our top three favorite or even least favorite characters from the prequels. And I'm just going to throw this one out there because I'm sure all four of us are going to say Jar Jar Binks. Because he was... Numero uno. Yeah, he's just numero uno. And I think anybody who's ever watched the Star Wars prequels would say Jar Jar Binks just because his character was just really annoying. an annoying character. Just just that utterly annoying character that you wish they could have taken out of the movie, but he was a too bad. He's in there. So sad. So Darth Pat, real quick, give us two more of either your favorite or least favorite characters. So wait, wait, wait. You want me to say two or three? Two. Because well, we already got Jar- sort of we taken all... by Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> See, I wasn't necessarily sure if Jar Jar would be in my three least favorite characters from the prequels, just because of the fact that he's barely in episode two. And the only time he appears in episode three is briefly and it's visual only. Like you know, he has no line. So I don't know if Jar Jar would necessarily be in my three least favorite, but I'll take it as understood. That's no problem. Um, my three favorite characters from the prequels, uh, Palpatine, because he just gets a lot to do and it really shows you just how evil he really is. I mean, you don't get the full sense of that, you know, from the original trilogy alone. You know, the prequel is really like the meat, you know, behind the, you know, the character there. Um, Obi-Wan, because even though he obviously makes mistakes, um, you know, he's he's really like, you know, he's he, he's still very much like the Obi-Wan of episode four. that He's, you know, very noble, always trying to do the right thing, you mm-hmm. know, determined fights you know he does he's really doing everything again the way that he thinks it's right it doesn't always turn out that way but that's also not really necessarily his fault so um third favorite character from the prequels uh that's really a little bit tougher um but i think i'm gonna go with yoda again because again you get to see just more of him you get to see him in action, which, of course, mm-hmm. is, you know, that's like, you know, like the uh, the money scene, if you will, of uh, of uh, Attack of the Clones. And, uh, well, you know, also his fight with Palpatine and Revenge of the Sith is, is fairly memorable, too. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, because uh, you know, when you think about it, they are like the complete, you know, polar opposite characters of really the the whole saga in so many ways. So to actually see them fight against each other. Uh, it was it was a pretty rewarding scene. So I would say those three. Um, so adding on to Charger, three least favorite characters, uh, Anakin. Because, <laughs> and unfortunately, I want to say a lot of it is the fault of the two actors, and a lot of it is. But conversely, a lot of that is also then the fault of George Lucas, both in his writing and his direction. Because unfortunately, the character is poorly directed and he's poorly written. So it's kind of no wonder that he doesn't come off as being, 
you know, all that likable or really like hitting the right notes. Like, you know, especially with Jake Lloyd in episode one, they do try to have those little moments of kind of like foreshadowing about how like, um, you know, he's, he'll turn dark at some point, like, you know, and he's got issues, I guess you could say that, you know, are kind of foreshadowing, but they don't come off quite as well. Like I always thought Jake Lloyd did it, gave a better acting performance in Jingle all the way. Than he did because <laughs> uh, he's playing a much more you know realistic you know kid character in Jingle All the Way, and he's not weighed down by the fact that hey you're playing the future Darth Vader you know so yeah. you yeah, know I don't, I don't I don't blame you know I don't blame him a lot you know you can't blame a, a child actor for a lot of stuff like that but uh yeah so other than that then uh, the least favorite I'm gonna go with uh newt gunray the uh you know the head of the trade federation um yeah the the nemodians i believe was the the name of the race that you know that control the trade federation are fairly problematic as it is and that's something i'm sure we're going to touch on a little bit later but there's both nothing that's fun to watch about newt gunray because he's such a sniveling little shit Uh, (laughs) you know but there's also not really that much satisfying about watching him fail. And when he gets his comeuppance in the end, it's, you know, it's in the name, of course, of the Empire being established and the galaxy being plunged into darkness. And it really happens so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you would have almost thought that they could have maybe like added a little thing. Obviously, Anakin's wiping out that like entire room of them on Mustafar and everything in Revenge of the Sith. But you'd almost little hope that he might have like stopped right before he killed him when he's like protesting, like you know, oh, but Darth Sidious said he'd give us peace. Uh, you'd almost think that Anakin would kind of stop and say something about him trying to have Padme killed on multiple occasions throughout, you know, the first two movies or something like that. And then just like, you know, get like really dark and have him like, you know, not just like stick the lightsaber into him, but like, you know, chop his effing head off. So <laughs> that would have been a lot more satisfying. So as dark as that is. But the whole point, of course, of Revenge of the Sith is that it's supposed to be dark. They um, could have had him yeah. say a cool line like, yeah, piece of this lightsaber, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a little, that's a little too punny for Carl. <laughs> <laughs> It still would have been better than than what we have, I think. You know, just because it still would have been taunting him in a in a way. So, um, but yeah, those are those would be my picks. All right, I'll go AJ. next. Yeah, AJ, go. Um, favorite, even though he's in one movie, Darth Maul. Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. I wish he was in more movies, and Ray Park did a really good job of playing him. So mm-hmm. he was a badass. I wish we would have got to see more of him. I, I really like, I think the lightsaber fight at the end of Phantom Menace is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, because they do some, some different stuff. Um, Yoda, probably. So when I saw Attack of the Clones, that when, when that when the scene happened, when Yoda got up and fought, like everybody stood up and cheered in the whole theater after that happened. And it's, that's what, that's what star Wars nerds do. So it was not going into a lot of specifics now, but 
some of the, you know, we have dicey issues with some of these movies, but I enjoyed with the whole like waiting in line and the people dressing up and all the crazy stuff I saw at the, these three Star Wars movies. Like that part of it was fun for me. So, yeah. um, and then I liked Anakin after he turns completely, even though it's at the end of the movie. I loved Anakin when he went completely dark. I wish I would have gotten to see more of that. He was Pat's 100% right about he did a terrible job of acting as him, especially in Attack of the Clones. The, the, the line about the sand might be one of the worst lines in a Star Wars movie, period. So I will still I will still use that sand line on people to annoy them whenever they mention sand, especially <laughs> if it's one of my two sisters who are pretty big Star Wars fans as well, because they hate that line as well. So I, yeah. and I like I like Hayden Christensen a lot and I like Natalie Portman. They sucked in Attack of the Clones. I'm not even going to be nice. They sucked. Their acting was bad. But I did like him when he turned bad. I was very happy to see that version of... I think Hayden Christensen was way more comfortable playing that version than the other one. This um, might sound... This might, I want to just real quick jump into the Natalie Portman thing. You know, she's actually a, a very pretty woman. Like, I she think is. she's very pretty. But they had her in such horrible outfits throughout that thing. And I understand the whole premise of the outfits, but there's that one scene, uh, right before they go to Geonosis where she is in that skin tight white thing. And I know this is going to sound sexist to some of our women listeners. And I apologize for that up front, but that outfit was the best outfit that she had on. It actually showed that she looked like besides having the face of a woman actually made her look like she was an actual woman because those That's, dresses did not, those outfits were terrible. And all I, I didn't, movies. I didn't like her when she was queen Amidala dressed up in all that get up and stuff. All right. So continue, continue AJ. Sorry. She actually, actually, that would be one of the, probably one of the people I, I didn't like her in Phantom Menace when she was garbed up and all that stuff, Jeremy. So you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there. Oh, I'm sorry. So the, probably the other person I didn't really like that may surprise you guys is I didn't like Mace Windu. He annoyed the shit out of me. So I, did, I, I didn't like him really at all. I, I find myself watching him and I'm like, I was happy when he died. <laughs> so oh <laughs> I was perfectly fine with that happening. Thank God this guy's off the screen. <laughs> so I don't know why either. I, I mean, he's a great actor. Oh yeah. He just annoyed. He just annoyed me in the, in the movie. I don't know why I, I can't even put my, but I just, I, I, I didn't like it. Him. I'll tell you what it is. It's the fact that Samuel L. Jackson was playing a character that spoke so damn softly. Yes, we will have to check into this further. Instead of being like, get these motherfucking snakes, snakes. motherfucking <laughs> You know, because almost every role that he's in, he sounds like he's like almost agitated or screaming or yelling. Like, and this is the one, these are the three movies that he's in that he is so soft-spoken. You're like, is Samuel is kind of, actually in this kind movie? Kind of docile. You're like, he is kind of docile compared to some of the other things he's done. I mean, just go back to uh, not Snakes on a Plane, but go back to Pulp Fiction. Even in Pulp Fiction, even when he was like in his more low key, he was still more animated and had a much more brisk tone to his voice than in Star Wars. Star Wars was completely unlike any character he's ever done. It was so different. So I can understand you not liking that character that he had to play as Mace Windu. You can like go ahead, Jeremy. Samuel Jackson, you need to use your movie inside voice. Nothing louder, <laughs> nothing softer. That's all you're allowed to do. 
All right, Theo. His his performance and the character, when you come right down to it, do end up being a kind of one note for the uh, for the entire trilogy. Uh, And I think and I think maybe I'll just throw this out there again. Sorry to interrupt, but I think maybe the one of the reasons why you also don't really like him as much as he thought is that again you do have an expectation with the Samuel L. Jackson character that he's going to be this like kind of like kick-ass take charge character and in a lot of ways mace windu is neither of those things so yeah i can i can kind of see that go ahead theo give us your three okay so three least favorite yeah i'm sorry jarter's one just because that whole first movie was so damn annoying and i feel bad for the guy who played him because he definitely went through a lot of shit after that movie and personally um jake lloyd so yeah so Jar Jar's one uh, the two was the trade federation droids I couldn't stand them they the way they Roger talk, Roger the Roger Roger they made it see so he was trying to make fighting droids be funny and they were not funny I, I, they, I couldn't there was one part of the movie I just I just didn't like them every single movie was like they were like dumb robots like how are you doing anything with a bunch of dumb robots it's it's worse when you have stormtroopers can't shoot shit but then you have trade federation robots that are like roger roger dumb like oh, oh ooh, no i'm going to die you go <laughs> i couldn't stand that um in padme's character she was she was the other one i just didn't i didn't like her character more than not liking uh, Anakin's character. Um, in regards to that, just it, they were kind of neck and neck. You know, they could probably be like three A and three B for me. Um, I just, just it was all three movies. She wasn't so bad in the in the first one because it's with a little kid and she's kind of young too. And you know they had the stand. You know her protector as being you know the mm-hmm. the queen and whatnot. But um, so it was my three that least favorite. Um, three favorite uh, would be Yoda. Um, Django Fett, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Django Fett also. Uh, Django Fett and uh, uh, General Grievous. Nice. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Dooku, really. He he wasn't in it a whole lot, but I just wasn't a big fan of his. I called him it, Count. I called him Count Poopoo. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's. It's it's one of those things where in the movies, some of those characters that weren't really great in the movies, unfortunately, they got them right in the Attack of the Clones cartoon that they did with all of them. Like Anakin's awesome in the cartoon, and Padme is a lot better. Count Dooku's a lot better, and there's a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff in there. But unfortunately, the I movies agree with that. kind of shit to bed pretty much. So those are my three on each side. All right. Well, I'm going to have to say that you guys pretty much stole all the characters that I would think of. Um, yeah, <laughs> we kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of on the, the same vibe, all four of us, as far as characters that we really liked. Um, four men sharing see. one brain. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hell no. I don't know nice. about that. <laughs> well, you guys can have mine if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as far as like another character that I liked, um, to be honest with you, um, I don't know. There wasn't like all the characters we mentioned are pretty much all the characters that really kind of stand out in my mind. There wasn't like any like off the wall character that was, well, except for, I did like Qui-Gon Jinn. 
He was also only a one movie yeah. person, but I really did like Qui Gon Jinn because he was willing to um, go against what the Jedi Council said because of his belief in Anakin. Like I'm training this dude. I don't care what you say. It's gonna happen. And then you know when he dies, he makes you know uh, Obi Wan promise to train Anakin. So you know I did like Qui Gon Jinn. Uh, another one of my favorites, and Joe already mentioned him, was Jango Fett. He was short-lived, too, but there's a scene that I'll talk about when we get into our scenes that I'm going to talk about with uh, Jango Fett, as long as it doesn't get taken first. So don't don't talk about it there, Theo, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not. Um, I, I was... least favorite? Let me give one least favorite that I want to throw in there that uh, we didn't mention yet, and that was also, for me... <clears throat> And I'm going to have to think about it here a little bit. I didn't like Bubba Fett, like the little kid. That little kid was annoying like yeah. to me. Like, he was he a just, turd. He just like when his dad's doing something, he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, dad, I would be like, shut up. You're annoying the shit out of me right now, kid. <laughs> that's that's Yeah, that's one of the best scenes in Attack of the Clones. And the fact that he keeps opening his mouth and everything almost pretty much fucks it up. Yeah, he's like, get him, Dad, get him, yeah. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> You're ruining the, the the fight right now. You're ruining the whole plane, the whole space fight. Shut up. His his he was a, he was a more annoying version of Salacious B. Crow. Yes, I was just gonna say his laugh was just like J- the guy from Jabba's palace. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I see you're going on that one. I I I I wish that the. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Go ahead and finish. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm good. I got everybody because I don't have anybody else that I can think of from those movies that I, was good or bad. I, I also just I liked Django and Grievous and Darth Maul. I was disappointed because it was like the bad guy only lasted one movie. Like the cool bad guy that you get the toy for before the movie lasted one movie in each of these. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The only ones that lasted more than one movie was the ultimate bad guy, and that was Palpatine. So yeah, I did like Palpatine too. He was a really good character. Yeah, and that was I think that was really kind of showing. Well, well, first of all, like like Yoda says at the end of uh, Phantom Menace, like like you know only two there are, you know. Um, But it also I think had it just uh, it was almost kind of to show how uh, disposable really everybody was to Palpatine. It's like they Mm -hmm. they play a part in his plan. you know, like obviously, I'm sure his intention was for Maul to always be at his side and everything. Okay, so Maul gets killed. You know, he goes and he finds Dooku, uh, but everybody else is just like he's just using them. So, yep. Would you guys and think? Makes, and that's what makes them the ultimate bad guys. So, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think was the best lightsaber duel? The, the best first, lightsaber duel. The first I said for me the the Darth Maul one and the fir- at the end of the first of Phantom Menace. That's that's what I think was for me. That saved that movie to me. Yeah, that was because you waited a long time to see that lightsaber duel. You're like, when's there going to be a lightsaber duel? Um, for me, yeah, I would say it was Anakin and Obi Wan on Mustafar. That was a really good lightsaber uh, duel. I, um, even though I think Attack of the Clones is the worst movie, I really liked the lightsaber duels at the end of Attack of the Clones because. I remember seeing back in the the nascent days of the internet, uh, you know, in 1999 and everything. I remember, see, and I'm not making this up. I remember seeing people complaining 
oh, that about the lightsaber duel in Phantom Menace, where was the taunting? Because you know, like throughout episodes five and six, and the in the Luke Vader duels, uh, and in episode four, in the in the Vader Obi Wan duel, uh, you know, Vader is fairly talkative, you know, making mm-hmm. like ominous predictions and everything, and 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 everything like that. But that's the thing about the duel in episode one is that it's completely silent up until the moment where Maul, you know, uh, kills Qui-Gon and, you know, and Anakin, sh- or uh, not Anakin, Obi-Wan shouts out no and everything. Um, we just lose Joe. We're having some technical difficulties. He's lost Theo. Continue, though. He'll be back. Well, <laughs> the, thing I, the thing I like about the duels at the end of episode uh, at the end of episode two, first it's you know Dooku against Anakin and Obi Wan. Though, if I recall, he doesn't actually ever fight them simultaneously because first he knocks Anakin out when uh, when when Anakin tries to charge too quick. So he he kind of fights both of them individually, defeats both of them more or less, and then has the fight with Yoda. But anyway, during his fights with both Obi Wan and Anakin, you know he's taunting the shit out of them, you know, and he's basically trying to. You know, he's saying all that shit to, like, you know, throw them off their game and everything. So mm-hmm. I appreciated them adding that, making sure that that got added back into episode two, because it does, you know, kind of help to just emphasize just how, uh, you know, silver tongued and, and, you know, poisonous, you know, that the bad guy really is. So I, I think mm-hmm. that aspect kind of kind of helped that. And again, it's just really cool to see Yoda fight. So. Yeah. Joe. I'm torn between the the one at the end of the first one and the one with Obi Wan versus you know Dooku and then Yoda shows up. I think they're kind of neck and neck for me. I think the one with Yoda, the second one, kind of puts it a little, maybe a little bit above because just Yoda comes out and starts flipping and using his force powers and <laughs> doing that twisty thing and all kinds of shit fighting I Dooku. Mean, that was cool. Nobody. No, like that—that that was the pre-internet age, essentially. So nobody knew that was coming. No. Like, if that movie came out now, something would leak, and we would know. Like, it—it it was just cool because nobody knew that that was coming in that movie. Like, nobody. No. Like when I was in the movie, the movie theater I was in, like once you saw Yoda's like, like kind of limp, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, here yeah. we go!" Oh shit! <laughs> He's got for someone. Let's do this, Yoda. Let's do this. And then boom, he pulls it out, and the whole place went ape shit. And that place was full too. I was like, "Oh yes, about fucking time we get to see some action with Yoda." So that was that was good. Good stuff. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I remember that scene when I first saw it. It was. It's one of those scenes that's a memorable scene. Very memorable scene in in all, any Star Wars movie. So just just let me throw this in. So I saw. Each episode in the prequels, I lived in a different state for each episode. So I, I saw The Phantom Menace in Ohio, and then I moved to New Hampshire, saw Attack of the Clones in New Hampshire, and then moved to PA and saw Revenge of the Sith with Jeremy and Darth Pat. So I, it's kind of crazy. I, I kept moving around and saw each episode in a different state. Yes, and I so, remember going to Revenge of the Sith with you, and... Either uh, one of our friends had a lightsaber. I oh, think I, somebody had, had, I had lights. I had lightsaber. You had the lightsaber. But I think also another friend of ours had a lightsaber. But just to experience the fact that there was people dressed up in full-on cloaks and stuff like that was just like, this is like a next level 
more nerdier than I am about Star Wars. I was like, this, there's some mega nerds here for Star Wars. Like, it was very interesting. And I, and it, it's one of those things I'll never forget going to Revenge of the Sith and, you know, standing in line and talking with those people because they're just as big of a super fan as I am about those movies and get yeah. geeked up about them. And, you know, they just take it to the next level. Like, I just don't, I'm not into the whole dress up thing. Like, Halloween, I don't really dress up. My wife takes me. me too, and because I do it for the kids. But dressing up's never been my thing in any, uh, even for me Halloween. Me neither. But, but seeing that really just puts the 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 exclamation point on how big Star Wars is and how crazy some of fans can be. Oh yeah. So, so that was really cool. I'll, I'll never forget that. All right. Well, so then of, course, then, of course, you also have the people who come dressed up as Star Wars characters to Batman movies, Marvel movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew there was one that we saw together. Yes, there was a whole, there was a whole like group of people dressed up like the Jedi Council when we went to see one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And that's the kind of shit that doesn't make any sense. Like that does not. It's for there's one purpose for that, and that's to go see Star Wars. Not to see other movies. You want to dress up? Dress up like characters from that movie. That's or if fine. You're going to a, or if you're going to a Comic-Con, that's different. Or you're going to a Comic-Con, that's completely yeah. different. I need yes. to go to a Comic-Con because I really want to go experience that whole thing uh, for once at least. Real, real quick. You want to act like uh, Patrick Warburton and Michael Dorn and Ted 2. That's what you want to do at a Comic-Con. You would just want to you just want to insult everybody. No, actually not. I'm impressed by some of the outfits that they have. Yes. Very me, much so. Me and uh, my one friend, um, and Jeremy knows this guy, two of the two guys I go with to the Comic-Cons are used to when I lived up in Pennsylvania. We've seen some very awesome uh, cosplay outfits. We've seen some uh, not-so-good ones. But there was people that always come to impress. The one year, I think it was... Some nice-looking uh, women? Well, of course you're going to see nice-looking women dressed <laughs> like, like Wonder Woman or Supergirl or any male superhero character, and they just, you know, sexy it up or whatever. But, yeah, of course you see that. Um, wrong with that. <laughs> but, <laughs> nope, definitely not. I knew but, that figured into it somewhere. But there was the second last year um, that had gone to the New York Comic Con um, it was probably three quarters of the way. It was probably three hours before the place closed, eh, maybe four hours. There was a person, a group of people, and they built like a life-size Voltron. The Voltron was like 15 feet tall. So they legitimately were, there was a group of people. I have pictures. I have, I have pictures somewhere of it. I took pictures uh, of it. So the stilts for this were... I'm 6'2", so I think the stilts came up to, like, maybe five feet, came up to my shoulders, and they were, like, they had a ladder. The guy was getting in, they were strapping this dude to the stilts, and, like, they were just, like, putting the stuff on him and connecting everything. It was fucking insane because he had to walk through the entrance into uh, the, the Jobs Convention Center, and he actually had to, like, duck a little bit to get underneath the entranceway. But, like, he was just going, and he had the, he, I don't know how long the goddamn sword was for the Voltron, but it was it was fucking awesome. And it was, like, the legit, the Lion Voltron and everything was fucking really cool. Nice. So you, you, see, you see some legitimate stuff there. Some people 
spend a lot of money and put a lot of hours into these outfits. One day, right. one day, I'm going to do it as well. <laughs> but it will be nice. at the San Diego Comic Con. That's where I want to do it at. Nice. Well, if you get tickets and you want to go, just let me know when that is and when we're done with this whole COVID bullshit. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I go with you. That's, um, that's my bucket list. It will never be over. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. All yeah, right. So What's quick, next? Quick public service announcement. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners and viewers for joining us on either YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you are catching us on YouTube, thank you, and please make sure you give us a like, give us a big thumbs up, boom. Um, make sure you turn on those notifications as well as subscribe to our channel for Guys Roundtable Show. Uh, if you're catching us on Spotify, Stitcher, or iTunes, make sure you give us a rating so we jump up there in the rate, ratings for uh, – or standings, I should say, for podcasts so everybody that wants to it can find this show and get some entertainment out of it because like we said and we always say, we do this for you guys. We do it to have fun for ourselves, and hopefully you guys find this entertaining. And also, make sure you tune in always, always, always to the end of the show so you can catch our Mount Rushmore this week based on – on Star Wars prequels. So let's talk about our next thing. Uh, we'll make this next two, next three topics kind of quick hits. Um, we got best or most impactful scene. Go, Joe. Why don't you go? Because you said you don't okay. want somebody to steal yours. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, first. Bro. So one of my most impactful scenes or best, I'll go with this is my best scene. Best scene is when, for me, and it's kind of comical is Django Fett and Obi-Wan's interaction when they're on, uh, goodness gracious, I, uh, Camino, when they're on Camino and he's kind of interrogating him, but oh. having a conversation with him. And he's like, Oh, you don't know this person? He's like, No, never heard of him. I got my instructions from this person. And I'm not going to remember names. That's why I'm just saying this person and that person. And he's like, Interesting. Yes, interesting, and it's just like this, like, I'm sn more snide than you kind of comments, like, who can be more of a, you know... Snarky jackass. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of comical, but it's also, uh, it's very, it's one of my favorite scenes, just because you don't see a lot of that, and it didn't feel like forced comedy, even though I don't think it was supposed to be comical, it turned out to be kind of comical, the way that that interaction went, um... My most impactful scene, believe it or not, has nothing to do with an actual individual lightsaber duel. It's actually when they go to Geonosis and all the Jedi show up, like a big bunch of Jedi in the uh, – you see the clones for the first time in action, and they just <clears throat> fuck shit up. Like they're just like, eh, kill them all, you know, let, the, let, let, uh, let it get sorted out from here, you know, and you see the clones, they're taking out Geonosians and – you see the Jedi taking on people and cutting them and you know down and shit. It was that was a really big scene for me because that that's the first time we ever see that is where we yeah. see multiple Jedi instead of like two maybe three Jedi fighting. It's a whole platoon so to say of Jedi's fighting. So those are my two scenes. Okay. AJ, go ahead, go Theo. Ahead. Oh, okay, Theo. Wow, we're going in a circles here. Um, so. Uh... <laughs> That one you mentioned with all the Jedi showing up to rescue them, um, the huge battle, and that leads up to, you know, Yoda whooping some lightsaber butt at the end. Um, that was probably one of my, my favorite scenes out of all three movies, per se. Um, 
I think there's two things that are like the two parts, two different scenes, I'm sorry, that are the most impactful for me. One is episode one where Qui-Gon's talking to Anakin's mom. Because, you know, the part where he's asking who his father is and she's like, well, I just there is he is he has no father. So like at first it's like, wait a minute, Anakin doesn't have a father. Like, where are they going with this? You know, and then he does the Minichlorians test and things of that nature. So that was kind of interesting. So I was like, wow, he has no father. So how are they going about explaining this? So it's kind of like, are they going to explain it to this movie? Episode two, episode three, like, where are they going with this? Um, I think the next one was Order 66, really, you know, mm-hmm. because that was the the order that was given to just wipe everybody out, uh, wipe all the Jedi out. And it's very impactful, not just in movies, but it's also impactful in other parts, like the books and the animated series that I was I watched a lot, and and that continues on in you know Star Wars Rebels because um, some of the clones that were able to withstand Order sixty six show up in that one too, and you get more of a backstory uh, when that happens with with certain uh, clone troopers uh, and whatnot. So I think those were the two. That's my favorite scene like battle scene overall favorite scene of all three movies but those are my two most impactful parts of the whole prequels darth pat go ahead you haven't talked for a while so go ahead <laughs> and he's still not gonna yeah. talk evidently <laughs> um you know because here's the problem I, I i don't rewatch the prequels really ever you know i, I can like rewatch the original trilogy almost any time um, but I don't ever really rewatch the prequels, and it's, you know, so it's just to be honest, I'm not so sure how many scenes really had like you know, like a tremendous impact on me. Like, there's like there's like some scenes in the original trilogy that are just like the way that they're done, or with what's going on on screen, you know, they can they really make me have like an emotional connection to it and everything, but it doesn't really happen so much in the prequels. So, I guess there's two that I'm thinking of now, though, one of which is basically two scenes put together, and that's in episode two. The picnic scene, <laughs> followed by the scene at night where it's like all dark and she's wearing like the dark dress and 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 stuff, um, because it was the combination of those two scenes where I'm pretty sure when I was watching episode two for the first time in the theater, and you got to remember like so it's it's three years since the episode one came out and three years of kind of ruminating about it and being like ah you know it wasn't as good as i thought it was at first and there's some parts that don't really work but then seeing the trailers for episode two and saying oh man this looks like it's gonna kick ass <laughs> those two scenes then when i was watching this the, the the movie in the theater for the first time were the scenes that made me go fuck this movie isn't good <laughs> <laughs> so impactful not in a good way <laughs> and, and and nothing that that really came after those scenes and there were a lot of good scenes like you know you guys i mentioned something like the, like the big battle at the end and the lightsaber duels and everything could do anything to to rescue that movie and my memory could be faulty on this but i'm 90 percent sure that for every single star wars movie that's ever been released I saw it in the theater multiple times. I'm pretty sure I only saw episode two that one time at midnight on opening night, and I didn't go back and see it a second time. I was that kind of turned off by it. 
Um, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think I saw solo multiple times either, but, um, but everything else, you know, I definitely did. So, um, <clears throat> so there's that. The other scene I would say that had an impact on me, uh, I'm going to go to episode three and it's the scene where Palpatine pretty much admits to Anakin that he's Darth Sidious mm. because that's really when he's at the height of his manipulative powers in the sense that he has no worries, no concerns whatsoever about telling Anakin that that's who he is because he knows he's got Anakin wrapped around his finger with the, um, you know, the, like the promises of, you know, sparing or, you know, bringing back the dead or whatever, because he's got all those like bad, you know, nightmares about Padme dying and everything. Mm -hmm. So he knows that Anakin will kind of sort of try to do something, which I mean, like, if I recall, Anakin does like ignite his lightsaber and kind of hold it up to him and everything, saying like, you know, that he'd, that he'd like to kill him or like to just like arrest him then and there. But Palpatine knows that Anakin won't do that because one, he's afraid of uh, to kill him, that he'll lose whatever ability there might be to save Padme, and that he probably knows that he couldn't actually take Palpatine when Palpatine's admitting he is this all-powerful Sith Lord. And so Palpatine knows that Anakin will run back to the Jedi Council and tell them uh, Palpatine's the one that we've been looking for this whole time. And so that's really all part of Palpatine's plan because he basically knows he can take all those guys out, which he does pretty easily when you come right down to it, and that includes Mace Windu. I mean, obviously Anakin gives him the assist there, uh, but yeah, so it just basically again goes to show just you know how great a manipulative, evil person Palpatine really was. That you know, he's just like yeah, like you know, like like he said in Return of the Jedi, like you know, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's really again, it's just like the it's like like it's at the epitome, it's uh, or the pinnacle rather, that moment where it's like. <laughs> I won. So. <laughs> this little childish kid. Me, 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 me. Well, I mean, if you want to it to such terms, that's basically what that comes down to. Because, yeah. I mean, once, you know, you know, he kills like the guys who come to arrest him and he kills Mace Windu. What's the next thing he does? He issues Order 66. You know, yeah. he, he's he's one at that point. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, obviously Yoda and Obi-Wan try again to stop them but yoda can't defeat palpatine and obi-wan you know doesn't finish the job of anakin you know so all right aj um i don't know if i have i guess impactful scene for me would be whenever whenever i i don't remember when when i was watching the phantom menace but at some point i realized that the senator was the emperor whenever that clicked home for me i remember being like oh shit that's the emperor <laughs> so whenever that happened in that movie and then my favorite my favorite scene is when anakin's walking up the steps at the jedi temple with the fucking dark eyes and i just i, I say this to everybody they should have showed him killing the younglings damn it so <laughs> i wanted to see that shit i'm very glad it's they didn't that it would have been very inappropriate, and I'm glad they don't they, ever show that in any movie. Usually, they, ser they they seriously could have given the movie an R rating just because <laughs> if they had actually shown him killing kids. So yeah, so. It's, it's quite understandable as to I know as to what they did, and and really when you come right down to it, um, just the scene of him igniting the lightsaber is enough. Uh, 
there i you know this just occurred to me now for the first time ever i don't really know why one of my favorite all-time movies is a is a western called once upon a time in the west where henry fonda who usually always played heroes he plays like the main bad guy uh mm -hmm. there's a scene where he and his men massacre this family and there's one survivor the youngest child um and like they're they don't do anything to him and then one of his men asks him what are we going to do with this one frank and then he kind of turns and looks at at his man with at his man with disgust and then looks back at the kid and says well now that you've called me by name and you see him draw his revolver his six shooter and he smiles at the kid one more time and then it, it shows him you know shoot the gun like from like it's like with like the camera's like looking at the gun barrel and everything and then it cuts to the next scene you don't actually see like the kid getting shot and everything you see but him you know dead and like yeah, you see him dead in the next scene and everything, and he's got this, like, uh, stain on his shirt because he was holding, like, a bottle of wine, which means that, obviously, the bullet went through the bottle of wine and, and sprayed onto him. So, like, that's effective enough. You know, like, you know, you don't really need to necessarily show it. It, it is. I just, that's that's just me being morbid and wanting yes. to see the bad guys fuck shit up. So he is a sick bastard. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm a sick freak. <laughs> it, 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 more so than anything else that Anakin does, you know, killing all like the separatist leaders and every other thing, or, you know, or, or killing, basically helping Mace Windu get killed. I mean, killing kids. I mean, that's right up at the top of like the most evil things that you can do. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's very interesting. I'm going to go back to scenes since we're, I want to wrap this up, but I want to ma make mention of this one odd, odd scene in the movie in Attack of the Clones where he comes, where Anakin comes back from saving his mom who is now dead and he kills all the Tuscan Raiders, every single one of them. That was awesome. Males, females, kids. Yeah, kids. That was awesome. And, and I don't have a problem with that, with the, you know, that, but what's fucked up in that scene, if you think about it, I was watching it today and I was like, what the fuck? Um, is he tells Padme, he's like, I killed them all. And she just kind of looks at him like, hmm. And he's like, not just the men, the women, the children. I killed them all. I hate them. And instead of being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're psycho. She's like, it's all right to be angry. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, woman? Into his anger. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, there's, I think there's, there's two things going on there. One. Lucas is not a great director, so he didn't give <laughs> good direction for how to respond. But two, let's just try to say you're Padme in that scene. Ooh, okay. And you've got this guy who can use the force and wields a lightsaber, has told you how he's just single-handedly wiped out an encampment <laughs> of Tuscan Raiders. Do you want to say anything to him that could potentially provoke a reaction <laughs> that could result in him saying, Fuck you, bitch, and igniting his lightsaber <laughs> and taking it on you. Just saying that's a possibility. I'm going but to yeah, kill you that, now. There, there, are, there are problems with that scene because yeah, she should, she should have a stronger reaction one way or the other. Like you don't even see like like a moment of horror really coming on her face that I can really recall, no. and that's a problem. Another problem with that scene, and since you just watched it, maybe you can fill me in or not because the way I remember it was that after he's like told Padme the story and everything. He calms down a little bit and he's like kind of then like lamenting, saying, 
I'm 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 a Jedi. I'm supposed to be better than this. Uh-huh. But I think that was deleted originally. I don't know, like if he decided to like add it back in, but no, it was the, in there. It was in there. Okay, so yep. but I'm I'm like almost positive it, it was it was not part of the scene at first, like when it was first shown in theaters and everything, because not having that little bit of dialogue in there really does make it look like he's an un, he's an unredeemable psychopath. Not that he's torn and <laughs> that he's having his feelings, because the whole thing is that remember there's still good in him. There's still good in him. You know, it's what Padme says to Obi-Wan when, when she's dying. And it's what Luke is insistent in, in Jedi and everything. If you don't have that little bit of line of dialogue in there, it's really hard to make the case that there is still good. In him. So, yeah. And he is crying in it, which is, you know, another sign that he feels remorse to a point, even though he <laughs> says, I hate them all. <laughs> He's, gotta like it just the tiniest tear coming down his face you know but it was just (laughs) it was a really weird scene i'm like why does she not seem upset about this like and kind try to confront him and whatever i was just like it's a really weird scene like okay all right so real quick aj jedi or jedi or sith sith baby when i think when i when i played knights of the old republic i kill everything so I, I fucking kill everything. I killed the Tuscan Raiders. I killed everybody in the Jedi Academy. I killed everybody I possibly could in that game. That's what I do in every, any Harry Potter. I'm Slytherin. Like go anywhere, and I'm I'm whatever the the villainous thing is. No You're doubt right. about it. Evil as evil can be in anything possible. Yes, there's no like middle ground or even close. It is straight dark. All right. Theo, Jedi or Sith? Well, that was pretty obvious from earlier in the show. (laughs) It looks blue. Actually, it looks aqua now. Hold on. It's because of the light. It does look aqua. Very green, though. We know. It's it's obviously because of the light. I'm just just saying. All right. So we got one Jedi, one Sith. Darth well, we're talking, if, if we're talking, just, if we're talking just the prequels, then it's then it's Sith because no, what would you affiliate with? Not who would Any, you the whole Darth universe. See, I don't really know, and the reason I say that is because AJ brought up Knights of the Old Republic. I played the first Knights of the Old Republic both ways. Uh, the second one, I think I only ever played. Uh, light side because I don't think I wanted to invest the time to replay it because I was a little disappointed with the ending and stuff. But like playing uh, the first one both ways, I actually found playing light side to be more satisfying. Um, like even though like yeah, you get to, you can do a lot of really fun things uh, <laughs> when, when you're dark side. I just felt like light side was more satisfying. That was me. Um, so. I, I really don't know. I think I'd be, I, I could be Jedi one day and Sith the next day. So Pat, you're um, you're you're light. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've been friends with you for years, Pat. You're light. You know, yeah. I think my personality is such that I that I do aspire to try to be a decent person. The so. only the only other and, one of you. In, in my I'm fantasy, the, though, yeah, I'm killing everybody. So in <laughs> of of the three of you guys, the only other one of the three of you that could be dark is Theo and. To conclude our Jedi or <laughs> Sith, which one are we? I am definitely a Jedi. I definitely affiliate with the Jedis. 
I prefer their color choices of lightsabers too, because with Sith you get one choice and it's red, <laughs> and that's that's fine. <laughs> All right, so moving on, favorite lightsaber color, Theo. Um, I have three. It's uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm a Jedi. I can pick whatever fucking color I want. So, um, it's uh, green, purple, and yellow. Ooh, I think I kind of lean towards the yellow one, but uh, green and purple is right up there as well. Red. Okay, so AJ's red. Obvious. And Darth Pat? Um, it's it's definitely the uh, the green. I mean, Luke's uh, Luke's lightsaber and Jedi is has really always been my favorite lightsaber of the uh, the whole the whole the whole saga. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would go with uh, with that. My favorite is is kind of an odd one. And I figure I like this color because when I played the most recent uh, Star Wars game on PS4, they had a white lightsaber crystal. Yeah. And that was freaking badass to me. I was like, this is a really cool color because there's no I don't remember in any of the Star Wars movies, any other Jedi having a white lightsaber. So that was not movies. Right, cartoons, no movies. So that was really, really cool. All right. So this is going to be... Here's another real quick Here's another real quick story. Okay. So, and P- Pat May, when, when Phantom Menace was coming out, uh, Meet Joe Black made a shit ton of money because people went to see Meet Joe Black just to go see the trailer for Phantom Menace, and then they left. <laughs> that's, that's like Star Wars fans in a nutshell. They went to see a two-minute trailer and then left. <laughs> That's just crazy. I, I I remember hearing about that, which you know, of course, is I've never I've never watched Meet Joe Black uh, because yeah, I just heard way too many things about it. Um, but the funny thing is, yeah, me I just went to the Wikipedia page for Meet Joe Black. <laughs> Uh, it made it made a total of uh, uh, forty four point six million dollars domestic box office. It actually did much better overseas, but it is even hassier in the box office section. And Meet Joe Black was one of the few films showing the first trailer for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It was reported that droves of Star Wars fans bought tickets for the film only to leave after the trailer showed. Again. There was see if if you're like less than twenty years old and you're listening to this right now, you're probably going, "Well, you just watch it on the internet." <laughs> well, the internet was still so new at that time that it could see, and you know we didn't have high speed internet yet. Yeah, it was still just all dial up. It could seriously take you an hour or two just to download and watch that fucking trailer. So yeah, there was good reason to do that. I will say I categorically refused to go pay money. I did not do it. I did not do it either. But (laughs) I got very lucky because that same kind of like uh, fall winter season that Meet Joe Black came out, uh, the Will Smith movie Enemy of the State came out. I went and saw that. And the the uh, the first Menace trailer was playing before that. So I think I remember even turning to whoever the hell it was. I went to see it with with my dad or one of my high school friends. I'm like, Sweet, I don't have to go watch Meet Joe Black now. <laughs> and like, oh, I can even I remember like the Force Awakens. Oh no, that's that's the other prequel or the <laughs> other trilogy. So I'll tell that story then. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> We're jumping around in trilogies now. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Um, so let's move on. We got one more thing that we want to talk about, and that is our either major like or major dislikes with the movies. We're Darth Pat. We're gonna make sure we're gonna. Add, I'm gonna have you go first, but try and keep it short and sweet for our fans. Okay, let's get to our point. Five no. to ten. <laughs> no, five don't make to it ten. Never end the story, please. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I might as well get another beer. Uh, <laughs> this is almost that anyways. hurt. <laughs> I poked him in the eye. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> joking. <laughs> See, I didn't make the eye comment that time. That nope, nope, nope. It's it's almost uh you know fully healed now. So yeah. Oh good. I'm glad to hear that. Go ahead, Darth Pat. Alright, so what is this like our biggest like major like, like or dislike? Or both. One of each. Um well my major like from the trilogy was like I I like I thought all the films looked great. Like they, they definitely I think had the you know a, a great look to them with the effects uh like i know some of you guys have said that you don't think that some of them have aged so well like i said i haven't i can't really remember the last time i watched any of them to really know mm-hmm. but like finally getting to really see like coruscant and stuff uh was you know getting it's like you know the whole planet's one big city you know i just thought that was pretty cool especially after playing like the uh the episode one video game i don't know if any of you guys played that uh nope there were like there was like levels you had to like uh, go where you were where you were uh, Captain Panaka, and you had to go rescue Padme after she gets like kidnapped after you guys land on Coruscant. But, uh, Cor- Did you say Captain yeah. Panaka? Panaka. Panaka. <laughs> 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 She's like taking it to like the lower levels and shit, and and it looks pretty ugly and everything. But they, they, I thought they made Coruscant look pretty good. So I, I love the visual look of the film. And then a dislike, which also kind of builds upon that, is the problem that Lucas insisted on not just writing the screenplay for all three movies, which he did not do in the original trilogy, but also directing all three movies, which, again, he had not done on the original trilogy. And it's that's the most obvious difference when you come right down to it between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy was that he needed other people to to, to work on it. He needed like other voices. He needed other uh opinions other than his own and i think he said the reason he ended up directing all three movies was because well it'll be easier for me to just do it because i know what my vision is of it than try to explain it to somebody else and everything and it's like yeah i get that but the problem was and so many actors have said this going back to like you know the uh the main three actors from the original trilogy uh like you know hey you can write this shit but you can't say it he's just not good at writing dialogue He's not great at directing actors. Like there's always that joke about his direction involves saying uh, same thing, only faster. Like, what, the <laughs> f- what the fuck does that mean? If you're an actor, what the hell does that mean? You're supposed to say your lines faster. You're supposed to be more intense. It's like, so the, the whole thing was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good fast C-3PO impression. I'll give you a um, But so He's he's so caught up with with the look of it, which obviously you've got to nail with these kind of movies, especially when you're doing so many visual effects. But he really he it was at the expense of the acting quality, the the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know the writing quality uh, and the overall story quality. So 
And I really feel like those are the main reasons why the prequels just are not as embraced. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right. Uh, AJ, go ahead. Dislikes and uh, and likes, if you got one. The, my dislike is the first two movies. Okay. And the the I, I, I hate the pod racing stuff. Ah. I, I do not like the pod race. I think it's way too long. I think that that's my least favorite thing. If I could pick one scene or part of a movie other than the terrible acting and attack of the clones. I don't like the pod racing at all. I still watch it and I'm like, Oh, I have to sit through this part of this movie. <laughs> you should then, never, I don't ever want to sit down to a star Wars movie and get like, Oh, I got to sit through this part again. Damn it. <laughs> so the funny thing is that's literally like a three minute scene. No, it's, it's not. It, yeah. It's definitely longer than three minutes. The, 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 what I find funny about that is that for so many people, uh, so many people I remember saying that that was the best part of Phantom Menace. And it's like, yeah, it has a certain amount of excitement and everything. But as somebody who's not a racing fan like me, uh, you know, I found it, 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 it can be tedious. But the biggest problem when you come right down to it is that it is by far and away really the scene that has the least to do with the overall plot of the entire trilogy. Now it does obviously <laughs> play a part into the plot of Phantom Menace and that that's what gets Anakin to be freed. But right. again, when you think about the, in the entire trilogy, it's, it's really, uh, it's really a distraction. So I, well, I, 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 totally one of, one of my other, one of my other friends uh, actually pointed out to me that, Nothing like very super relevant happens in the first movie. He said you could just not have the Phantom Menace and just start at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, and nothing like extremely important really happens in the first movie. Yeah, very true. What happens that's important is Palpatine becomes Chancellor, right? But Obi Wan meets Anakin and decides right. to train him himself, even though he's clearly not ready. But you still could have started at the beginning of the. Um, the right, like, like you didn't necessarily need to see how Palpatine became Chancellor. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's a, what's a like for you? I completely lost my train of thought. I apologize. That is my fault. I interrupted you. No, I no, no, no. I, I had something, and now I can't remember what it was. I, I knew I wanted to say I didn't like the. Oh, I I like the third. I like Revenge of the Sith. I like the third movie. It's it's really good to me. I enjoyed it. From I, there's some plot holes in it, but I I really like Revenge of the Sith. Like when I rank movies, the Star Wars movies, Revenge of the Sith ranks close to the top of my list. So I didn't really like the first two, and I really liked Revenge of the Sith. So my 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 major like would be I really liked the third movie of this trilogy. I think the other two movies are shitty, but I did really like Revenge of the Sith. Kind of redeemed the trilogy for me at least a little bit. Yeah. All right, Theo, likes and dislikes. Um, it's kind of hard for me because over the years I have made um, uh, a decision in regards to when I watch Star Wars films and just comic book movie films in general, I take them all with a grain of salt. I see what, you know, isn't working for the movie and I see what's working for the movie and I kind of take it for what it is. You know, the trilogies gave us the beginning part that we find out how we lead up to episodes four, five, and six, or at least four for the most part, and kind of go from there. Yeah, there's things about the movies that aren't great. Um, there's a lot of parts where I still feel they're relevant, 
relevant. Uh, the first three were very politically driven from episode one to three with the Senate, um, the Jedi Order really not knowing, like, they don't know their way. Like, there's, it seems like they're at a, at a crossroads of, are they supposed to be peacekeepers? Are they supposed to be fighting? Um, how are they supposed to be holding, you know, holding up the Jedi Order? You know, they're, they're kind of in flux with themselves and just Palpatine, you know, pulling the sweet, uh, pulling the strings in the background, just manipulating everybody, saying the right thing, probably using this force power too. And, the, you know, at, at the end of the day to, to get his way, you know, and playing that dual role where you see him as a Senator there and you see him with, you know, his cloak on and stuff, talking to Darth Maul, Darth Maul and, and the other, everybody else, all the other villains in the movies. Um, so I, I don't really have like a favorite or non-favorite. I just take that. I just take it with a grain of salt because pretty much it it tells us the beginning of it. It tells us where what we need to know, basically, and how things happen from beginning to get to the middle. Um, I like racing, so I like the pod racing. The only thing, the thing I would say about the pod racing, the, the only thing that's kind of like foreshadowing that, it's just foreshadowing Anakin's skills as a pilot. That's like your first time seeing him, the only human to actually race a pod racer so you're kind of seeing his 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 uh his flying skills in the beginning uh the first movie as a little kid so it's kind of like showing that i guess you probably could skip the first movie but i still think there's things relevant in the movie that you kind of should know before you get to movie two i mean um, I, I you're right i'm just saying that the first movie doesn't have a ton of important no. shit in it. i didn't say that you you, there is definitely one or two things, but there isn't a whole lot that comes out of that um, first movie. Not a whole lot, but there's enough to to make it relevant in regards to it. That's my opinion. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, everything takes with green salt. I I didn't hate episode two. I didn't, you know, jump for joy for episode two. I think some <laughs> of the stuff with Padme and Anakin, the little romance part, was just very. It could have been done better. Corny. It was. It was just very cheesy. Yeah, it was just corny. like a. I w- it felt like I was watching a um, um, a morning soap opera. Um, that's what I felt with uh, very B-rated <laughs> morning soap opera. Um, other than that, it, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I take it with grain salt. It, it gave us what we needed to know and to set up the rest of the rest of the series. So that's that's pretty much how I feel in regards to it. So for me, you know, I didn't hate them. I didn't love them. I'm kind of in between. There was some good things in all the movies. There was some pretty poor things in all the movies. Um, the One of the things I found very interesting is that Padme and, and Anakin become a love couple. Like That becomes his love interest. Considering in the first movie, it's hard to tell how old Padme's supposed to be. <laughs> like, is she 14, 15, 16 years old or older? Because Anakin is like a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> So yeah. if she's 14, okay, no problem. 10 years later, he's like 20, she's like 24. Okay, no big deal. But we actually don't know how old Padme is because she doesn't fucking age a bit from one movie <laughs> to the next. You're like, hey, she's still exactly the same age, right? Yeah, sure. She's still what, whatever the hell age she is. And Anakin looks like a grown-ass man now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of weird, too. Um so I'm guessing in the first film, she's probably like 14 or 15, 
maybe 16. I guess that's what they were going for because she was like the youngest um, yeah. person to be print, uh, you queen. Know, print, uh, queen. Thank you, Queen, in the move in in Naboo. So, um, according but, to yeah. according to Wikipedia and Pantomime, she's supposed to be 14. Okay. That they, I think they cast the wrong person to play a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> she looks a little yeah. older than fourteen, uh, but anyways, yeah. Natalie Portman would have been about seventeen when it was filmed. So yeah, really, yep. wow, okay. Oh yeah, that's about right. Yeah, she was a teenager. Wow, she she does. I don't know. She some people look like teenagers in their thirties. I don't know, but, <laughs> but anyways, no offense to Natalie Portman. Um, but yeah, it was, it's there's just some weird things in the movies. There's some really good things, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing that I get away from all three movies is you get backstory, and I and I really can appreciate that, even though it's not yeah. well done backstory, so to say. At least you get the backstory from where Anakin came from, how he determined how he ended up turning evil, and you get to see the progression of Palpatine and how he manipulates, as Darth Pat's mentioned multiple times, how he manipulates every single thing that happens from movie one to movie three all the way to where he finally gets chucked down the chute by Darth Vader. You know, he manipulates everything. I mean, when he has that silly ass grin on his face when he's talking to Padme as Queen Amidala in the first one. And you know it's such a fake smile, but he plays it off so so well. It's like, yeah. yep, here we go. Here comes the manipulation port. He's gonna get there to do exactly what he wants, so he can get what he wants. Yep. You know, it was it's it's that is probably the best part of the acting is Palpatine's character, you know, the character of Palpatine. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, good things, bad things. Best part of it, backstory. Uh, and we get to see some different things with the Jedi that we didn't get to see in the fr- in the original trilogy. So that's cool. All right. Now yeah, we move the, on to. The, I was just going to quickly say, like, there were, there were if you read, like, any of like, the novelizations of, like, the original trilogy, there was, like, so many allusions to, like, you know, this epic lightsaber duel, you know, between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, which was what made Darth Vader, you know, have to live in the suit and everything. So. You know, it was like there was always like like my dad read so many of the novelizations and he would always talk to me about the way they described this like epic duel in the past. So the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, you were building up to that, I think, was such a huge moment. And that's really what like the whole trilogies were leading to in so many or the, the, the prequel, the prequels were leading to in so many ways. Yeah. And there's and you know what? Uh, I don't want to leave this scene out because there's a lot of people that watched the prequels and thought this scene was stupid. I don't think it's stupid, but when you, we finally see Darth Vader and he's put all back together, Anakin Skywalker's put all back together, and you see Darth Vader for the first time, you're like, yes, here comes the badass Darth Vader. There's that part where he yells, you know, he asks about Padme. You know, it's it's hard to hear, you know, hard to hear because he's got the suit for the first time. He's talking through that breathing apparatus shit that he's got, and then he screams out, no. People hate that because he screams out no, which makes Darth Vader kind of sound like a, a pansy. But the one thing that you got to take from that scene is the fact that he crushes every single thing in that freaking entire room. Like everything crushes like just down. It's like yep. and just like so, yeah, you can say that scene's dumb because it makes Darth Vader look weak. But if you take the take out the no and if you took that out and just watch that scene as he crushes everything because he's totally devastated because now he has lost everything 
everything in his world. He's lost his mom. Uh, he realized that the Jedi in his mind are evil and he's lost Padme, Padme, the love of his life. And he knew that she was pregnant. Yeah. That that's a pretty powerful scene and people take it away because there's yeah. no in there. It's, and it's like the final shred of his humanity escaping yeah. in a way because, and that ties into what, you know, Obi-Wan says to Luke and Jedi when he says, you know, he's more machine now than man. And so yep. that's like, that's like the last time that he ever really shows any kind of an emotion other than, you know, anger or hatred, you know, like the typical dark side emotion. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to Darth Pat with our stumper question. Dun, dun, boom. That's my best. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be a huge stumper. Uh, it's something that I kind of came up with in my head kind of quickly when I learned that we didn't have a standby stumper, if you will. Uh, and it is actually Star Wars related. I figured. Ooh. We figured that. I, well, the reason I'm being is that when I was on, uh, you know, I was, went and visited my sister and her family today because it was my niece's ninth birthday. Um, you know, I came up with a really good stumper, at least what I think is a really good stumper that's wrestling related. But why are we going to ask a wrestling, wrestling related stumper on a Star Wars show? You can so. save that one for next week. Yes. Yes. At some point in the future. So. All right, so here is the stumper. This is Star Wars related. Okay. So, Ewan McGregor, obviously, very famously, played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the prequel trilogy. Yes. Ewan McGregor has an uncle who appeared in the original trilogy. Oh, shit. Can you name either the name, the real name of his uncle, or the character he played? Oh, my. Um, huh. I... I remember I, hearing about this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm bowing out because honestly, I had no idea about this. No idea <laughs> that that was even that he had an uncle that played in the original trilogy. So I would have no idea. Is it Pat? Is it is it somebody that's relevant, or is it just some jobber type person? <laughs> He's relevant. Okay. He's relevant. Yeah, that's that's tough. I gotta. I mean, you can't go with. Does he look like? Ewan McGregor. Is it an Empire because... Strikes Back? What's that? Is it an Empire Strikes Back? He is an Empire Strikes Back. Is he one of the guys, one of the general dudes on Planet Hoth? No. This is a very good stumper question there, Darth Pat. Very good. Wow. Uh, hmm. So Empire I'm gonna Strikes s- Back. I'm going to say, I don't know the character's name, the guy on Cloud City that has the electronic thing on his head. No, he yep. was not Lobok. Okay. Oh, Lobok. That's my guess. Yeah, I don't. I like I said, I bow out. I have no idea because I didn't even know that that ex, that his uncle was in a movie. So, do you have any uh, any final guesses there, Theo? The clock is ticking. I see it on my. Are you cheating? said i see the time on my screen my hands are right here <laughs> i'm not typing anything yeah that's crazy no, um i don't want to guess anymore all right well his uh his uncle's name is dennis lawson and not only did he appear in the empire strikes back he also appeared in a new hope and return of the jedi and Wedge. The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, indeed. He Wedge. was Wedge Antilles. Okay. 
I was really? gonna say a member of team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Red Deep team. It's interesting. So, so he did have, you know, what was basically an important role then. Because yeah, he one, certainly did. One thing, he's one of the precious few characters who's in all three movies of the original trilogy. And, you know, his role kind of, you know, increases in importance over time because obviously he's Red Leader by Time of the Jedi. And, you know, it's him and Lando that, you know, take out the Death Star and everything at the end. So, so yeah, uh, I remember when I first read that, I'm like, well, it's a small world. But, uh, but yeah, so. I was actually, I'll just say this real quickly to kind of wrap this up. When I heard that he was coming back to make an appearance in Rise of Skywalker, I was really excited about that because I was like, why wasn't he really like around for the first two sequels anyway? And then when I saw just how very, very little he was actually end up, ended up being on screen in Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. I was like, well, shit, I can't believe he even bothered because he's on screen for about a total of five seconds. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was almost not worth it, you know. But hey, it was still kind of cool to see that he was still around and that he had survived all those years. So yeah, because he would have been uh, like uh, as old as dirt. <laughs> well, because um, let's let's be, mean, let's be honest. Uh, Lando did not look so good in uh, the <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker. He was looking a little aged. Okay, well, well Dennis, Dennis Lawson is now seventy-two years old. Uh, you know, in real life. So, but, uh, but Billy D Williams, uh, yeah, you know, he's in his eighties. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I do, and I do know that he, uh, that he has to use a cane to walk now. So it's like, yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's up there. You know, he was older than, than any of the other main characters from, uh, from the original trilogy, uh, including, including Harrison Ford. So it's all that Colt 45 he was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. Hey, <laughs> it goes down smooth every time. <laughs> good shit back in the day oh yes back in the day now it's funny because the only time i see colt 45 is in giant ass 40s <laughs> <laughs> so true I, I do remember seeing those commercials when they were new so i'm you know it's, uh, that wouldn't have to make all of us old enough to have seen them so right yes. yeah. all right i remember so, them so this does bring us to the end of our show which means that it is time for Mount Rushmore. Yes, it is time for Mount Rushmore. And as we as I mentioned a couple times, we are doing the Mount Rushmore based on the prequels. And just like our Mount Rushmore for the previous Star Wars podcast that we did with the original trilogy, we are going to go with our favorite character from the original well, not from she's a whiz, from the prequels. Jeez, I'm getting mixed up now. We're going with our favorite character from the prequels prequels to be on mount rushmore so we kind of all know who aj's is so aj why don't you just no, go ahead actually you don't out. oh i don't oh now i'm gonna surprise all right cool well then definitely you've got to go first then because if you're gonna surprise me i want to be surprised right off the bat so go ahead take uh, it away. i'm going with palpatine so wow. that is definitely watching watching it well I, i've had some discussions you know with other people about this and and i got to that through that i mean he's the ultimate villain really in those those three movies and i tend to like the villains Mm -hmm. so i'm going with him because it was fun to watch him manipulate everybody he was the puppet master and i enjoyed watching him fuck with everybody (laughs) so nice i i I changed my mind on that one so I, i i thought about it a little bit more i wanted to pick somebody that was in more than one movie nice so Palpatine. So All Palpatine right. is my pick. All right. Going to Darth Pat. 
who is on Mount Rushmore this week for you? <laughs> Force lightning through the screen. <laughs> we didn't talk about this ahead of time like we usually do. At him because he just stole my pick, the bastard. <laughs> Shall we skip over you and go to Theo then? No, so, no, because I mean, like, you know. We, I had multiple picks, too. I had more than one if I had to go to another one. Yeah, we, we said, like, you know, our three favorite characters or whatever, and I said Palpatine, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. And so to be kind of unoriginal since I picked him when we talked about the original trilogy, <laughs> just stick with Yoda. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right, sticking with Yoda. All Good right. Green dude. So Theo, you want to end it or you want me to end it? Or don't it matter? You can end it. I'll go next. All right. So go um, ahead. <sighs> Probably just because he was different. I'm going with General Grievous. Nice. Yeah. He was a different type of bad guy. The other ones were kind of, you know, he wasn't like a a Sith per se. He was just a robotic freak that had a bunch of arms that can use lightsabers, but he was very skilled. I thought it was different and I liked it. That's yeah. pretty simple for me with this one. Nothing crazy. Yeah, no, that is that is pretty that is definitely different. I was not expecting that one either. All right, so I get to end it with my favorite character from all three movies. And I would have to say, God, geez, who would be my favorite character? I would, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to say Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was probably my favorite character from all three movies because out of all the characters, I felt like his actually had a, a very good progression. And even though the, the movies were not, as we've discussed, the movies were not directed well, they, you know, the dialogue wasn't great. I felt like his was actually probably one of the best dialogues and character progression throughout the, all three movies. So to see him kind of grow into kind of what we see in New Hope was pretty cool. And, you know, to see that his heart was broken when Anakin turns finally to the dark side and he's like, your your mind is twisted. And, you know, he's got your mind twisted when he says that line uh, when they're fighting a Mustafar and stuff like that and tells him, I loved you like a brother, you know, and things like that. So it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool as far as uh, character growth and stuff like that. Let's so be honest, I want to see that Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. Yeah. That we're both you, being made. you and McGregor was the the right person to play the part, too. They got it right with him. They they them, Some of the other ones, maybe not. He was my second choice, yeah. Jeremy. So, like, he, he was really good. He was consistently good in all three of them. It's hard to pick somebody else other than Palpatine. Who is like consistently good act, well acted in, in those those movies? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that is our Mount Rushmore. Just to recap, our Mount Rushmore is Palpatine, Yoda, General Grievous, and Obi Wan Kenobi. Once again, we always love doing this. It does bring us to the end of our show, though, so we are going to be signing off, but we want to thank each and every person that watches us on YouTube, listens on either iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher Radio, wherever you're picking this podcast up. We really do appreciate you listening in and catching our wacky-ass stories, some of the goofy (laughs) stuff that we say, um, us picking on each other pretty much every episode uh, to some degree. because like we always say, we really do this for fun, for each other, for you guys, to entertain you guys, because it's entertaining for us. You know, it's essentially for us, it's a big BS section, 
our session, not section, a BS <laughs> session. <laughs> Words elude me sometimes, I must say. Uh, so if okay. anything, at least you get to make fun of me throughout an entire podcast as I talk. Um, so yeah, that's why really... I. <laughs> Link, Thank you, Pat. We're not making. Hey, we're not making him spell. That that could be even more entertaining. Yes, we could be. I could be the local speak and spell and spell every word wrong for you. That would be awesome. Your <laughs> word is. Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the backstory on that word one day. On a <laughs> anyways, so what do you call tease? <laughs> so once again, thank you guys for tuning in and watching. We will be back again next week with a brand new episode, which is going to be another wrestling podcast. But we are going to be talking about wrestling factions. So that's going to be another interesting one, another fun one for us, because just like Star Wars, we love wrestling. So we'll catch you then. Thank you guys for watching. Peace out, and we'll see you next episode.